Let's bow our heads and hearts together in prayer. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to each one of our hearts this afternoon from your living word. May it cut through all distraction, confusion, and tiredness in our minds. Lord, we need to your power more than ever to break loose the, from all the moorings of lethargy and to be a light at this critical dark time in this world. Father, speak to us. In spite of the weakness of our own bodies, the weakness of our own mind, the weakness of those that of the one who would be speaking, but your hand is not shortened. Your power is no less. We're so thankful we can see its power working in, in changing lives and rescuing those and lifting up from the miry pit to set upon the solid rock. Father, we need your power to continue and to rescue many more who are lost and to kindle and make to burn fervently those who are your children. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord has laid on my heart uh, to read from the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 17. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, which the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, 
Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, and that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee. And these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be perfect in one, be made perfect in one, that, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Dearly beloved brothers and sisters and friends, this is an important passage, an intimate prayer, a look into the prayer life of Jesus himself as he speaks to the Father. There was the other example where Jesus taught the disciples how to pray and, he pray, and he gave them a framework of how to approach God and, and the things that we should be asking for. But here we have Jesus himself speaking to God. And before the, day, the night before this crucifixion, his heart heavy, knowing what he will endure, what was the urgent thing that was on his heart? He was going to pray, not my will but thine be done. He was going to sweat drops of blood over the anticipation of the suffering. But here, his concern is not for the pain he was about to endure, the excruciating pain. It was for you that he was praying. He says it right here. Not only prayer for these, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. And his prayer is that we may be one. That we may have the glory which he shares with the Father. That we could be an unmistakable 
testimony to the watching world that we have something heavenly in us, that we have been sent. There is a commission here. As Jesus says, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Someone was just asking about our name, and uh, I just thought of it now. We call ourselves apostolic Christian because we follow the teachings of Christ and the apostles. But the meaning of the word apostle means to be sent. And here, the Lord Jesus is sending us. He's sending us and he's empowering us. And the one thing that he says is the power that is going to be unmistakable. It's not necessarily going to be, as we read in other places, the the drinking of poison or raising from the dead or miracles that can testify that this is indeed the power of God. The power here is the power of love. The power of miracles can be counterfeited. There are, Satan has also the ability to to, to counterfeit, even as, as the magicians in Pharaoh's, co- Pharaoh's courts imitated Moses' miracles, and they also could make sticks into snakes, and they also could turn a little bit of water into wine. But God turned the river Nile into wine, and his snake swallowed up the other ones, and then God's power far exceeded Satan's imitation. But when it comes to the external things, when it comes to... to the prince of the air, and power over supernatural uh, physical manifestations. Satan has some power. But what he can't do is give us love. What he can't do is get a group of people who come from very different backgrounds, who come from different socioeconomic levels, different ethnic backgrounds, and he can't make them one. He can't make them be willing to love each other in a sacrificial, submissive way. Oh, he might be able to get people to band together because they have a common self-interest, because there's something that's in it for them, something that they all will benefit personally. And that, that can happen as a political group. That can happen, unfortunately, that even happens in marriage. Where you can get people that actually get married because they think there's something in it for them. And they're saying, this is the most amazing wife. She does everything to please me. And she's thinking, this is going to be the most amazing husband. He's so sensitive and does everything to please me. But you can see already with that sort of self-interested love how long things are going to last. If people are united on the basis of self-interest, at some point that selfishness is going to be exposed. And then things will disintegrate. Disintegration. That seems to be what we see all around us when we look at culture, at relationships, 
at world systems, we can see that things don't have staying power. They don't stick together. They don't last. They crumble. That selfishness is not a foundation for a marriage. It's not a foundation for a society. It's not that great a foundation even for economics. It might be the only thing that we can maybe get people to agree on. Let's all be greedy together and then, and then we can uh, benefit each other. But it doesn't work. As that greed is out of control and things balloon and collapse. God has a better way. God has a different way. His growth is not a fake growth that's spurred uh, through uh, unsustainable forces. His growth is based on one thing. He sent his son. He sent his son. And if you want to have eternal life, there's one way. It says, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And this is the verse that was referred to this past Wednesday as we looked at the origins of sin and we looked at how people lost that perfect unity with God in the garden. But Jesus Christ and a relationship with him is the way back, the way that the child can crush the head of the serpent. And we can find reintegration with God. In the beginning, we have that, and for all eternity past, Jesus is talking about a oneness. He's saying, Father, my prayer, my wish, I desire that they might be one as we are one, as you are one in me and I in you. And how is that oneness? This is something that you don't have in the Hindu faith that is impersonal God. It's not something you have in the Muslim faith, though monotheistic. You don't have an eternal community, eternal blissful relationship of submission and love and sacrifice, of a, of a, of a becoming one for where we see in the Lord Jesus and his perfect example that he says, I do the things, I always do the things that please him. I don't speak of my own, but I speak the words he has given me. I don't act on my own. I do the things my father has shown me. And he's not out for his own self-will. But because he loves the father, he submits his will to the father, even at this painful point where he's going to say, Father, is there another way? If there let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thine be done. And in that phrase, we see a completely different relationship. It's not based on self-interest. It's not what's in it for Jesus. It's that I trust my Father. I believe this is the best way. And I'm willing to let go of my will and I'm willing to serve him as he also works in me, as the Spirit also, the three in one, have a unity of purpose, a unity 
that are so indivisible, they are one God. And so that we have an integration, the integration point is God himself. That's where it comes together. That's a solid foundation. You cannot build on any other integration. We have a heritage as a community of believers where we have been blessed by a close-knit community. By those who were willing to, to make sacrifices and, 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 and enjoyed spending time together. And where it wasn't about uh, just showing up at church and then getting out as fast as you can to your own walks of life, but there is a relationship. There is an interest in each other's lives. There is a willingness to get involved and help out and make sacrifices and to make sure that we can help our brother and sister. This is a beautiful thing. It's something where Menno Simons said to, to, uh, to Martin Luther as he wrote to him and said, you know, you're, you're persecuting us. You're taking away daily uh, fathers and mothers and uh, creating orphans and taking away our houses and lands and all our ability to support ourselves. And yet, in our midst, you won't find one orphan. You won't find one person whose not, needs are not being met because we take care of our own. And yet you, who are these high church people, you, you have your, your silks and furs, and yet you let the beggar beg for a, a crust of bread at your doorstep. Where's the power of your gospel, he says. Show it to me. It doesn't meet what we see here in John 17, where because we see a unity of love and commitment to each other, that we know this is from God. That as the Son is one with the Father, we can be one with the Son and therefore one with one another. There's no hierarchy that Christ is the integration point. As Jesus came here, he was sent. He was sent into the world for a purpose. Yes, he needed to show us love. There are many people who, who know they're wrong, who know they're living lives of sin, who know that their path is heading for destruction. And Jesus saw the corrupt tax collector in in the trees, and said, come down. I've got to spend time in your house. He saw the woman with an immoral past, full of mistakes, wiping his feet with her tears. 
and told her that her sins could be forgiven. He saw the woman caught in adultery. He had the people came to him and said they saw that he cared, that there was a love, there was truth, but there was grace. And because they could see the love of God, they could begin to hope that God loved them too. And that there was a way out of the sinful, of all the miry clay they found themselves in. And so God sends us with a purpose. And the purpose is not just to be a close-knit community. The purpose is not just to experience a love relationship one with another. See, if that's all it is, you start to become like a country club. You start to get comfortable. You start to retreat to things that are in your comfort zone. And we start to look at each other in a critical way. We heard last Sunday from James chapter 3 about the tongue. And how great a fire this little tongue can create. This little member can set on fire the course of, of hell. That it can poison, it can create so much destruction. But my challenge here is if we would feel the sentness that we have a purpose, that we would not only be one, but we would be one so that the watching world could be one. W-O-N. That we could have the compassion of Christ not only for the person who is like me, the person I know, the person who is next to me, but that we could have that compassion for a hurting world. Charles West, I think it was Charles, or maybe it was John, one of the Wesley brothers said that, I want the whole Christ for my Savior, the whole Bible as my book, the whole world, the whole church, rather, for my fellowship, and the whole world as my mission field. We don't want to to take anything away from that. And we are called to love the world. Jesus prayed for us, not for the world, but he prayed that through us the world might know that we have been sent. And my challenge to you, dear brother and sister, is do we... There's the challenge, are we a close-knit community? Do we still have that love one for another? And do, is there a purpose? Is there a transcendent purpose that makes petty? The, the, that we no longer need to look at each other and gaze at our navels and compare and make 
and, 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 and look with critical eyes because we have something more important to do. There is a higher purpose. We are sent into the world. That God's reputation is at stake. His honor, his love, all he did in sending his son, you are now the reflection of that in the corner where you're at and here on Weston Road in 2012 on 2013. I got to catch up. It's actually 2014 already. I'm behind the times. I don't know where I was. But here on this day and in this place, you are the one that's being called to reflect God and His honor is at stake. It's easy to coast. But when you coast on that bike, you lose momentum. And you lose enough momentum and it falls over. It's easy in our spiritual walk to say, well, God's asking me to do this, but it's kind of scary. It's outside my comfort zone, and I don't see anybody else doing it. And I see others who are kind of having it comfortable. So maybe if I'm like them, it'll be more comfortable, and if it's more comfortable, I'll be happier. But that's not the way it works. When we lose that first love, when we lose the willingness to do whatever the Holy Spirit's asked us to do at that moment. We lose the joy that he's speaking of. The Lord Jesus prayed that our joy might be full. That they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. And that joy comes from letting him fill you. And if you want him to fill you, you need to obey. You need to let go of whatever it is that's restricting and stopping and providing friction to the Holy Spirit to have his way in your heart and mine. I remember reading this past week of, of a missionary who was, who, was, who was preaching and He just felt God convicting him while he was preaching that he needed to make right with another brother, that they had some friction there, something to disagree. And he was arguing with God in his mind saying, well, really, it's his, his, that other brother's fault, and, you know, he needs to to concede that, and and, and, and he just lost the power, and he just wasn't able to make words come together, and and it was really stumbling and, and until he finally says, okay, Lord, I will surrender and I will humble myself. And I will go even though, you know, I will stop making excuses and go and become one with that brother. And when he did that, not only was he able to preach again in power, but as he modeled confession of his faults, as he modeled that humility, as he modeled letting go, even though we might make excuses, and doing the things we don't feel like doing, when the Spirit tells us, there came a uh, revival to that area of the world, where they were, all of a sudden, even young people were 
confessing and, 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 and finding a new freedom and a new power as God's word <clears throat> spread. They would go home from the meetings and, and some wouldn't make it home. They were trying to run from God because they felt the conviction of what the Holy Spirit was telling them. And some, some of them had to turn back and come back and confess and repent. Others made it all the way home, but they had to turn around. The point is that there may be something that you and I are holding on to that is keeping the Spirit from having His way in our hearts. That we need to let go. Especially if it's something that prevents us from being one with one another. Or if we're enjoying that oneness so much, we're unwilling to go and fulfill the purpose for which we have been sent into the world. And so I want to ask you to think about that. You've been sent. Is there something that God's sending you to do that you haven't been willing to follow through? God promises us joy, His presence, His power, and a glorious testimony, a glory. They may behold my glory, which I was given me the glory of being one, of being loved. Please don't let anything get in the way of that glory being true in your life and in your circle. Brother, have a hymn.
our gracious and loving Father in heaven. We do thank you for bringing us together around thy word, thy precious, life-giving word, which spoke so clearly to us how we need to be one, a stumper, one in the Father, so that we are one Indeed, and one with one another. And our Father, Thou alone knowest all our cares, our needs, our concerns, and knowest, our Father, how painful it is to lose a brother, although he is going to where thou wouldst lead him. And we ask thee to be with him, strengthen him, encourage him, and grant that he may be a tool in thy hand, wherever thou hast placed him. And our Father, we thank thee also that thou hast brought another soul to be, to recognize a need for a savior and to come to the foot of the cross. Father, there are many more that need to come and experience thy love, thy forgiveness, thy care, and realize what a great price that thou hast given in order to save us unworthy though, the, though we are. But yet, our Lord and Savior shed his precious blood on that cruel cross so that whosoever will may come and may find his soul's salvation, which is being given freely, but there was a high price paid for it. Father, continue to be with us. Grant that we may draw closer to one another, closer to thee, that we may experience thy nearness and thy care. Forgive us where we have failed. Help us to do better. And again, we do thank thee for that precious word, which is so refreshing and life-giving and reminds us how we need to live. Grant us that we may be obedient, that we may be willing to do what thou wants us to do. Father, be with all that are thine, be with those, O oh Father, that cannot be here, but would love to be. But thou canst reach out and be with them also. And Father, we ask thee for thy guidance, for thy protection, even when we leave here. Thou knowest all the dangers that are out there, 
and thou alone canst protect us and help us and be with us. Father, we do thank thee for all thy care. and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said that he was, he sanctified himself that we would have that, would know his truth, would know the love, would see the pattern. And then he sends us that we could also sanctify ourselves through the truth. As we heard this morning, it's not what we feel, what our conscience says, but it's what the word of God, the living word that Jesus sent, that gives us the light we need to live it. We need to love it, love each other. We need to let God work through us to a hurting world. May we never let anything, whatever the Spirit is showing you, that is in between you and a full surrender, don't let the sun go down on it. With that, we would conclude this afternoon's service. Uh, we'd ask the members.